When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Wednesday, October 26th, and we've got basketball to talk about, folks. We're a week into the NBA season. Got some surprises, got some not-so-big surprises, returns. Damian Lillard dropping 40 pieces out here like he hasn't missed anything. It's awesome. Having a good time watching the NBA season unfold. And we're back. Keeping it 94. Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz, another episode courtesy of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. I'm jacked up. I'm ready to go. We were talking about so much stuff uh, before we recorded this that we had to just hit the record button right off, right off the bat here because we're wasting a lot of good, good stuff and a lot of good talk. And uh, we've got a lot to get into in a short amount of time. So uh, we're going to kick it off here. And uh, just a quick reminder, we are on Twitter. I am at Spin Davies. He is at Brian Fritz. I am on Instagram at Spin Davies. He is on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast and all of our other great ones on the BasketballNews.com podcast network, such as the Dunker Spot, the Alex Kennedy podcast, the rematch with the Tom Thomas, Dishes and Dimes, the Rex Chapman show, and of course, Clips and Drew. Uh, so yeah, let's get going and start talking some some hoops here, Brian. If I was to ask you, which team in the NBA, after the first week, is averaging the most points? Who would you guess? Who would I guess was averaging the most points? I would I would probably say the Grizzlies? You would be wrong because they're six. The number one team when it comes to scoring average in a game are your Charlotte Hornets. Unbelievable, man. Number three is the Utah Jazz. Number five are the New York Knicks. I, I love the that, first week of the NBA season. <laughs> by the way, this goes to prove everything that we have said and everybody else has said about this coming season or this season going on. Parity. It's all about parity. But there is a lot of scoring and there's a lot of talent. Yes, there is. And I'm enjoying every single second of it. There's only two undefeated teams right now in the association. It is the Bucks, who have only played two games. And is the Blazers, as I said in the intro, Damian Lillard back to being Damian Lillard. Loving what we're seeing from Anthony Simons growing up right in front of our eyes. Let's talk about that defense that Portland's putting out there. Jeremy Grant, what a huge acquisition he's been. Josh Hart being just that that gnat around the court. Ball hawk, he's getting in front of people. He's snatching up rebounds, offensive rebounds. Same goes for Justice Winslow. 
It's a team that's really dug in on the defensive end, and it's led to a lot of transition opportunities, and they're looking very, very sharp uh, out of the gate here. And, I mean, that's just one, but they're on top of the West right now, uh, just as all all of us uh, had expected, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, like, we all expected Damian Lillard to come back, you know, and playing like like we were accustomed to seeing him. But then we saw him in the preseason. And we're like, oh, is the... He's still hurting from last season. Is he still recovering from the uh, from the surgery and you know dealing with that injury and you know what's going on here? Is Father Time catching up with him? No, he has needed the games to start to count. That's it. And once they started to count, he turned on. He did turn on his high horse. And I mean, to go back to your Charlotte Horace point, uh, this is an organization that's in disarray right now. Uh, there's no Lamelo Ball. Uh, you know, they obviously have the situation going on with Bridges that we don't know about and he's not on the team. Uh, but they've come out and they've been firing on all cylinders. Terry Rozier right off the gate here. Um, he's averaging over 21 shots a game. Uh, and I mean, he's averaging, you know, 23 and a half points, 8.5 assists, seven rebounds a night in his two games. Uh, you know, what, what I think that no one's talking about here that should be uh, talked about is Dennis Smith Jr., his kind of, uh, you know, renaissance, so to speak, of uh, being able to come back and, and look like the Dennis Smith Jr. of old uh, before all the injuries happened. I think uh, that's a really cool story. I also think that Nick Richards is an excellent story, uh, one of a plethora of young big men just making their mark in this league right now, and I, I even tweeted about that. Um, a few days ago, just how many young bigs, young skilled bigs that can pass, that can shoot, that can do more than just rebound and dunk. You know, like I love that that's kind of the the evolution of the big man here that's happening. And, and I mean, there's quite a few around the league. You look at Alperen Shangun in, in Houston, you know, you look at Jalen Duran in Detroit, you know. Isaiah Hartenstein, I know he's not young, like super young, but what he's been doing in New York, and I had the pleasure of covering him in, in Cleveland a couple years ago, uh, and just really just kind of putting on display that, that that big men are really getting more advanced in their skill sets, and it's just kind of trickling um, throughout the the association among pretty much every team. I think when you look at it too, it's the teams that are thriving, and it's very early on in the season. But in today's NBA, it's teams that you don't, you're not necessarily defined by positions. Like guys can play multiple positions. There's a, there's a lot of you know flexible parts on teams. Plus, it's teams that can shoot. I mean, and that's what we've seen right now. When you've got uh, these teams that you can put out a lineup and you could sit there and say, this guy is going to guard anybody between six foot five and six foot ten. You can you can do a lot of switching. You can have a lot of moving parts, but the guys that can also do a lot of things when it comes to shooting or attacking the rim, getting out on a break, uh, just have multiple skill sets. We've seen that with teams that we we weren't expecting necessarily because we can sit here and we could talk about like what Charlotte has done early on this season. We can talk about, you know, the Utah jazz who were three and one and nobody saw that, but you know, Lowry marketing who boy, I know, I know that he, he cooled down the last game in, in that their first loss, but my God, man, I mean, you look at what he did over at Eurobasket. He comes back over to the States and he's putting the ball on the floor, creating his own shots. He is, 
knocking down the tray balls. He's knocking down the mid-rangers, playing some solid defense and, you know, really kind of playing with a chip on his shoulder, just like that whole Utah team really is playing with a chip on their shoulder at the moment. Well, they're a bunch of young uh, guys, and nobody great. told them that they're supposed to tank. Nobody told yeah. them they're supposed to lose. They go out there, they care, they have some pride, they want to play hard, and that's what they're doing. It is. And, you know, you add, you know, a couple of vets like Kelly Olynyk into that mix. Jordan Clarkson's now an eight-year vet. Uh, Mike Conley's playing some great basketball. He can't shoot right now, but he is setting the table so well. He's averaging damn near uh, nine assists through four games already um, and really setting the table for these these young guys. Um, And and I think it's just really fun to watch that unfold. Jared Vanderbilt's been excellent for them uh, on the the defensive end, grabbing rebounds and just scrapping around. Walker Kessler, another one of those young bigs that I forgot to mention, um, who's really protecting the paint well. Uh, and, and finishing and rolling pretty well. It's just, it's very fun to see, you know, these things that we didn't expect to happen happen, like, at the start of the season. And and I think that's the, the best part of the at the first the first week. You know, everyone calls this overreaction week. Um, but, I mean, it, it's just cool to to see the, the teams that you picked in the bottom just saying, shut up. You know, like, it's just, it's funny seeing that. I mean, you can say the same thing for the Spurs. I mean, shoot, look at what Devin Vassell's doing. Keldon Johnson. These guys are told that they should be losing, and yet they're competing probably harder than anybody in the entire league right now. Yeah, I mean, here's another team that we typically have talked about year after year, and this year we kind of said enough of them is the Washington Wizards. And they've gotten out <laughs> to a 3-1 start behind my guy Kyle Kuzma, who's freaking tearing it up right now. Yes. Uh, Porzingis has looked really good so far. Bradley Beal, you know, he's not putting up like the, the monster offensive numbers, but he's looking a lot better than, you know, what we saw last year and you know, all the injuries. And then look at, you know, their additions, Will Barton and Monty Morris and Rui Hachimura has looked uh, solid so far. So, I mean, it's a team, once again, that can do a lot of different things and has a lot of movable parts and has played well so far. And I just saw them, man. They were in town on Sunday, uh, covered that game. And in case you missed it, guys, I did get the chance to have my first regular season uh, one-on-one interview uh, in person with Monte Morris. So make sure you check that out on basketballnews.com. Basically was talking about his kind of how he has gotten to this point as a starting point guard. And I, and I, I loved it because, you know, he's telling me how he used to dwell on games and now he's just more forward-looking, positive, even-killed type. Um, won't give away the whole story, but make sure you check that out on basketballnews.com. But uh, with the Wizards, I really enjoyed, you know, the, their their fight on the defensive end. And, and you, like you said, it starts with Kyle Kuzma. I think that KP has done a ter- terrific job on that end. Uh, DeLon Wright, I think, needs to get more love. (laughs) I think since we've started this podcast, he's been on like three or four different teams, and I continue to say that DeLon Wright deserves more love. (laughs) But he does! He's a hell of a talent, and he is a nuisance on the defensive end. Long 6'5 point guard who can just basically just wrap around you and, and force these deflections and force bad decisions. I love DeLon Wright, and he's, you know, really solid... Uh, he even closed the the first game for for Washington um, it, because he was playing so well. But they have a good thing going there right now, and um, that's another team that that we kind of were like, ah, eh, they're probably going to be in the middle. And you know, for all intents and purposes, they've had a pretty you know pretty decent schedule so far. I mean, I know the the Pacers and and the Pistons 
um, you know, aren't the best of teams, but we know at the beginning of the season they're competing. Uh, we know the Pacers, uh, we're looking at, I mean, shoot, you look at Tyrese Halliburton's numbers and Benedict Matherin, um, who probably could be one of the best backcourts in the NBA in a short amount of time here. Uh, I mean, those are, you know, two young and up-and-coming teams, but they play the Bulls and they, they play the Cavs um, Friday and Sunday. And th- that Cavs game, man, I'm telling you, if they wouldn't have missed, I think they missed four out of five free throws down the stretch there in overtime, they very co- well could have pulled that comeback off against Cleveland. For as much as we talk about, you know, these teams that have surprised us early on that are playing well, it mm-hmm. is extremely early. It's just a week into the season. And I think what's going to be interesting is which teams can actually sustain this. Because I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Yeah. I don't know what your point is, but I'll give you one because we have to talk about the Grizzlies. Uh, first off, John Morant and Desmond Bain coming off a 38 points each performance <laughs> yeah. against the Nets. Whew. They does he he had a, a rough start to the season in the first three games and then he came out and just knocked down every shot imaginable against the Nets. Uh, you know he was just absolutely on fire. Fourteen to twenty one for the field, eight of eleven from deep uh, for thirty eight. I mean Ja Ja very well could be in the lead for MVP at the moment. Uh, he Tim or just Devin looks, Booker, I think. Yeah, sure. Devin Booker. I know people have mentioned Donovan Mitchell, who obviously I'm covering around these parts. Uh, I mean, I, I hate getting an MVP talk like four. Hey, we're four games in. in. Who's your MVP? But well, I will say though, like just watching Ja and his just his command of the moment, I think is what I is impressing me. It's it's not. It, it's easy for when that team makes the leap last year to to regress, so to speak, right? Or to, you know, kind of read their headlines. Remember, this Grizzlies team's playing without Jaron Jackson Jr. right now. They're missing some talent. D- Dylan Brooks uh, has dealt with some early season injuries as well. But this kid is just unbelievable. <laughs> he's, he's unbelievable. He's got a command of the offense. He, he is picking his spots well. He's getting into the paint as we know he can. Run it. I mean, is there anybody you would want to see less on a fast break? than John Morant right now. It's like, scary. I mean, you look scary. at these you look at these numbers through four games, okay? 35 points, but he's doing it efficiently. You're doing it on 21 field goal attempts. He's shooting 55% from the field, 60% from three-point range on an average of five threes per game. Plus, he's giving you seven assists and a little over four rebounds. He has a PER of over 35 that's it's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Got to shout out the Patriot League standout Santi Aldama, by the way. What a start to the season he's had uh, filling in for Jaron Jackson Jr. at that four spot. Um, just looking very, very comfortable. I think some of those reps uh, last season um, did a lot for him. You know, he's been through the G League as well. Um, he looks ready. He looks ready for it, and he's not going to wow you with this like crazy athleticism. This is more, again, of that big man IQ that comes into play with him. Um, and and he knows he's not going to play outside of his role. Uh, he's going to sit there, um, take the the shots that are that are given to him, and he's going to get in there and, and, and snag some rebounds for you. So he's doing some solid stuff right now, and you know that's what they've needed 
from somebody that that has to fill in for you know a near all star level player in Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, and you know what? As much of we we kind of wondered where Memphis would be this year. I mean, they were really good last year. They're a real surprise. Mm-hmm. I thought they'd get off to a slow start to the season without Triple J and just some of the moves that they made in the offseason. But they they've obviously been fine. They've over, they've compensated for all of that. Go back to the Portland Trailblazers because for them to be 4-0, I think it's been really surprising. You know, just they're finally healthy. Um, some of the moves they made, you mentioned Jeremy Grant, and obviously they they got some of the role guys going now. Simons, Simons has taken that next step. I mm-hmm. think he's such a good, dependable shooter that everybody has to respect now. But I had so many questions about this team in the offseason going, I don't really think they're that improved, and when are we going to have to have another serious conversation about moving Damian Lillard? It's early. I'll keep stressing that. It is early, but they are showing signs of consistency, and this is not just a one-week thing. Yeah, and let's talk real quick about somebody that you know we didn't really think, especially after being injured at Summer League, you know, would make an impact right off the bat. Shaden Sharp. My God, does he look just like he's just made for this. And, uh, you know, Chauncey Billups came out and said, he's like, we lost a lot of games to get this kid, so we're going to play him. And Shaden Sharp's playing, you know, quite a few minutes here. He's getting, you know, 15, 16 minutes a night. And he just looks like, if you watch bodily movements on the floor, you can just tell when somebody has the pace of the game down pat. You can tell when somebody knows the timing of things and he looks to to have that already and he's only 19 years old and this is somebody that was supposed to go to Kentucky and then he did not end up playing uh, for for John Calipari so we have another situation sort of like a uh, you know that happened with Ennis Cantor back in 2012 but he didn't play he didn't play any college ball he didn't go to the G League Ignite but he was eligible because he was of age um and he went seventh overall to the Blazers. And this is a guy that some mocks had him top three before the, the college season started last year. And again, he comes out, he's looking just like he belongs. And he's got the size, too. He's 6'6", and he's a guard. That's that's something that gives you some lineup versatility that, that Chauncey Billups can play with. And Damian Lillard's already spoken the world of him. I just think it's amazing how much of an impact some of the rookies are already making. Mm -hmm. And it goes Mm -hmm. to show like how good of a rookie class uh, this is. Certainly. Certainly. And I get to, Hey, I get to see one uh, tonight here, Bri. I get to see Paolo play. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Uh, One, I think the magic match up well with the Cavs just because of how those big lineups that they play. Uh, But but seriously, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Paolo play. I, I've loved what again I've seen from Benedict Matherin, Shade and Sharp. Uh, you go around the league and you look at some of these these draft picks, and they're making they're making impacts. They're making legitimate impacts, and that's fun. That's fun to see, and uh, you know you hope it continues. You mentioned like Benedict Matherin, mm-hmm. who just. I mean, he did not get enough attention when it comes to possibly being the rookie of the year. No, no. And, and, and you know, I mean, he's, again, you want, you want to see someone that looks the part. Just like I mentioned with, with Shade Sharp, there you have it. He's putting up 22 points a game right now. 
Mm-hmm. Over that's almost six rebounds, four assists, or how many? Uh, two assists. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty Brian. good. Pretty good. I mean, I, I, you know, I got the the chance to you know see Dyson Daniels last night on TV, and you know, I already knew about the kid's game because you know I, I interviewed him last fall, or yeah, yeah, it was last fall when he was just about to join G League Ignite, and. Again, somebody that looks like he's going to be legitimately in the rotation, even when the Pelicans get healthy. You know, you look at Jabari Smith. Yeah, uh, he just had a, a very solid game uh, in the team's first win, uh, beating the the previously unbeaten uh, Utah Jazz. Uh, you know, look at Jaden Ivey with the Pistons, who are mm-hmm. you know obviously they're not off to a, a strong start, but I mean he looks great. Keegan Murray with the Kings. I mean they haven't won a game yet, but. He he belongs. I hate that he only has a, a a couple games under his belt. He start he was hurt start season, so that's right. But no, you, you're not you're not wrong, man. The top picks in this draft, especially, are the ones that that are showing out. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing more from Jeremy Sohan, who's in San Antonio, and uh, you know, pops throwing him right into the fire. You know, he's started all four games already. Uh, it, it's it's just fun. It's fun to see new talent, you know, impact the way that they do. Now, let's talk about some of the teams that have been disappointing so far. Okay, that we're a little bit surprised by because, you know, the Magic are zero and four. The Pistons are one and three. The Kings are zero and three. We never thought they were going to be world beaters. I mean, everybody's been high on the Kings, so we'll see. You know, They're what's going fine. On you know, we'll see what happens there. But a couple of teams right now that uh, are not there. In particular, let's look at the Philadelphia 76ers who went 0-3 and it already looked like there was an implosion coming. The Miami Heat are 1-3. The Brooklyn Nets are 1-2. And Mm. Ben Simmons does not look like he has any confidence right now. He's going to have to just find that that comfortability again in in 70 look at this man in three games he's got 14 fouls that's that's a problem right he's fouled out of two games and you know and and again i mean Kyrie irving and kevin durant both have 10 fouls you know like nine fouls for royce o'neill nick claxton nine fouls it seems like they just need to defend better without fouling that's their only issue i i don't think that they have anything else to be concerned about um that that's my take on on the Nets in particular. Well, they still need Curry back to help with their shooting and their yeah. spacing. But the other and they, problem and is they just got Joe Harris back, you right? Know, but I mean, their fine. interior defense is lacking. Their rebound is lacking because the only big guy they have right now is Nick Claxton. They definitely Claxton does a great job though. But that, they I, they I need another when he's job. not on the floor. They got they've got huge defensive problems. They need another big, but they also need Simmons to be an anchor on defense and. You could so you could tell the confidence just is not there for him right now on either end of the court, especially on offense, because mm-hmm. he's not taking any jumpers. I think he's only been to the free. He's not line. going to the. He's not. He's, he's not, not going taking, to the rim. He's he doesn't not want to take free throws. Layups, dude. That's he, the thing. He's like, only he's, shot two free throws on the season. He's missed them both. He does not want to shoot the ball at all. And I get that. Like you want to focus on the end of the court, but man, you got to keep teams respectable. They're giving you layups. You can get to the free throw line you got to take advantage of that. And I think that part of the game is bleeding over to defense, and he's gotten frustrated there with a couple of the calls. I mean, you saw what happened in the game against Memphis, and they're even talking about, like, 
oh yeah, this is how we baited him into getting that final file so he could fall yeah. out. I mean, that's pretty amazing that not only do they know to do that, but teams and somebody like John Morant are openly talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it's right in front of you, right? I mean, <laughs> hey, I, I love the honesty of these teams. Like, I mean, we can sit here and I do not want to talk about them much at all, but we can sit here and talk about the Lakers and their problems, especially with Russell Westbrook. Russ has been defended by centers in two games in a row by Zubats and by um, Nurkic. Chauncey Billups comes out in the postgame presser after, you know, the, the Blazers have their comeback win against the Lakers. And he was like, yeah, we put Nurkic on Westbrook and Nurkic was 10 feet off of him. They dared him to shoot and he shot and he missed. Yeah. He's brutally <laughs> honest about it. Like, yep, that was our game plan. Well, he, it, you know, it's in front of you. Then it's right you there. Just, I mean, why hide from it? Exactly. That's, that's what I look at. But, I mean, the Sixers are the team that that I guess I would look at and be like, they're they're what's also going fine. On? I I I see nothing. The only reason I, I bring I it up, nothing wrong with it. it the, the only reason I bring it up is because when you they went zero three, the frustration level seemed extremely high already, especially from Embiid. That's fine, but I mean, Joel Embiid also knows that he was dealing with this plantar fascia injury that no one was talking about he was also dealing with a hand injury that you know like he didn't look at himself at all those first couple games and he's going to end up being you know just fine i i you know he came out and what is it like a 40 piece or something as well there's been a lot of 40 pieces to start the season yes there have been but i mean (laughs) i will say this though for them Harden, Harden looks has looked great. great. He yeah, has looked great. Say. He, he doesn't have the same explosion that he used to have, but that's fine. I mean, he can adjust his. He's game. taking middies. Do you see? He's, he's taking yeah. middies now. Absolutely. The middies right there at the nail. I mean, uh, he's he's it, shooting you know almost thirty eight percent from threes. He's got twenty seven points. I mean, he's averaging ten assists and eight and a half rebounds as well. Yeah, I think I think a lot of more teams are, are starting a game plan for Maxi though now. And oh, yeah. that's something that he's going to have to adjust to because now he's going to be a part of the scouting report for every team. Uh, and that that part's going to be difficult. But I have I th- that's another one. I, I feel like you could play this game. Like, are you concerned about this start? Are you concerned about this start? Like, for example, with the Kings, do you see their schedule to start the year? It's tough. So they played Portland at home, and then they played the Clippers, and then they were at the Warriors. Now they're taking on the Grizzlies, and then they're at home against the Heat. That's how they're starting their season, and they're playing competitively. They they lost by seven to the Blazers in a game they should have won. They they gave up that game. They really did. I remember watching that one. It was they they were in front, and then and then Portland made a run. Then you had the the Clippers that they lost by two, and then you were at Golden State. You put up 125 on them. Now. I get this, that the Warriors have given up 70-plus points in the first half of the last three games. That's something that they have to fix. But as far as the Kings are concerned, I think they look fine. And I'm liking the compete level. They just got to learn how to close. And again, their schedule has been horrifically difficult. <laughs> That's the thing. So. You've got to give it a little bit of time. Like They're competing. They're in the games. It's just like, let's see what the next week or two bring because – you know, teams are just kind of getting used to one another and the schedule can be very difficult to start off a season. You know, do you want someone I'm really concerned about or do you want to talk about the Heat real quick? Well, 
I was going to bring up one other team that we kind of skipped over when it came to kind of, I guess, surprises. Okay. We thought they would be good, but I don't know if we thought they would be this good. And that's the Pelicans. Oh, hell yeah. The Pelicans oh are God. incredible. I mean, the whole thing about the Pelicans that we've even seen before is their offense, especially when you got Zion out there. Certainly. Healthy Zion out there, Brandon Ingram. Now they got CJ McCollum, um, Valashunas as well, you know, tearing up him. Uh, Never, Trey no Murphy. one ever gives Big JV the love, man. He put up a 30 spot the other night. Trey Murphy's looked incredible. So, I mean, you've got all these different parts. I mean, this team can shoot everywhere on the court. I mean, they're in these games. I mean, Zion already fell hard and missed a game. Brandon Ingram's going to miss some games because he's in concussion protocol, getting whacked by one of his own teammates, unfortunately. But man, they still get shooting all over the court. They can make up for those things, you know, uh, you know, not for a long stretch of time, but for enough time where they're competitive and can still win some games. It's all going to be about defense for this team. If they can really bear down defensively, but their offense is so damn good. It's incredible to watch. And how about Point CJ? Can we give it up for Point CJ? Everybody would just go around talking about how, oh, okay, how do you have CJ McCollum on a winning team? He's not somebody that passes. All he does is shoot, blah, blah, blah. Sounds like somebody else I know. He's averaging damn near eight assists a game. He is not having the greatest shooting start to his season, but he's still averaging 21, 7.8 assists a game. And he's involving his teammates. He had some beautiful wraparound passes to some rollers yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. I think that, again. I remember, by the way, I remember in preseason when I told you, like, they're going with point guard CJ. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it is because they're like, we're putting our best guys out there. Like, and because we want her out there as well. We're going, we're going with that five. You and know, you have and to respect – that's the thing, though. Like Defenses have to respect CJ's ability to shoot and his ability to get to the cup. And, you know, he is a pull-up shooter, so they always have to be aware from, of him. So when he draws that attention, then someone else is going to end up being open. And that, when they're healthy, is going to be Zion Williamson, and that's going to be Brandon Ingram. And then once those guys are covered, you've got Trey Murphy just waiting right there on the perimeter, ready to bury a jumper. And there he is. He's 68% on the season so far, playing 30 minutes a night. It's, it's, it's simple. Basketball is simple if you make it simple. And the thing is, too, that when the time comes, if they keep this up, if they feel like they're a move away from really being a contender or, or helping themselves, they've got moves in them. Plus, they've got a boatload of picks. They do have a boatload of picks. They, they, they have the Lakers pick this year. They, they have the swap rights with the Lakers pick. They can trade that if they want. Good times. Right now, that's looking like a, a top three pick. Good times. <laughs> Good times. Mind Good you, times mind in you, the bayou. I, even if they, I mean, they have other picks, obviously, because they, they have picks from Milwaukee as well. They're not trading that Lakers swap. As good as they are, is that if that pick's going to be as good as we think it could be, even if it's in the top seven, eight, yeah, they ain't trading that pick. They ain't trading that pick. They ain't trading that pick. <laughs> Hell, so that was no. that was that was your 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 surprise surprise, right? Uh yeah. I mean, okay. I, I, I can I, think, can, can I yeah. name my surprise, and this is a negative surprise. I guess it's not a not a surprise because we did question how it would work. But I'm just not enjoying watching the Timberwolves play basketball. I'm not. Yeah. And uh, 
it's really tough watching Cat try to guard on the perimeter. What about Anthony Edwards and all his Popeye's chicken-loving meals? What, is he loving it? Oh, you haven't seen this? No. Cat called him out for saying he's not in shape. He goes, I know you guys talking to the media. He goes, I know everybody here laughs when uh, Ant-Man comes up here and talking about uh, how he loves to eat at Popeye's. He goes, but I'm disappointed because he's got to get his diet better. What? Yeah. I did not see this. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Infighting already, huh? Well, Ugh. it wasn't so much as he goes, I just need to talk to him more about that. And maybe I need, I need to do a better job of talking to him about being in shape and diet and things like that. Really? Yeah. No, see, I did not. I did not see that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, well, Aunt well. loves that chicken for Popeyes. I do too, but I'm not a professional athlete. <laughs> I mean, he's young. He's young, he and you know, you learn those things, you know, as you go. But no, yeah, I, I just, there, we knew it would take a minute, right? I mean, this is an adjustment for everybody on this team, and they're trying to play big ball, like the Raptors, like the Magic, like the Cavs, you know, like, but you have to have the right personnel. I'm just not so sure. I mean, I really am not sure. They they got outscored 36 to 14 in the third <laughs> uh, on uh, Sunday. I mean, they came back and outscored San Antonio 35 to 12 in the fourth. But it, at that point, I mean, they were just down a lot. I mean, their defensive rating right now is 20, which obviously could be worse, but obviously could be a hell of a lot better. And you would think would be better when you've got Rudy Gobert on your team. But, I mean, you are... Rudy looks fine. Rudy looks fine. It's the sum of all your other parts. It is. It is the sum of your other parts. Yeah, I don't know. We'll give it some more time, obviously. Yeah, I'm having a hard time. They have so much money invested in that front court, though. They do. They do. And we need to see more from, yeah. from Anthony it's, Edwards. Because that, that was the big her. thing. Is it's is her. he going to make that huge step? Well, let's see it. I mean, I, I had no idea that, that chicken comment from from Carl yeah. Towns. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that you went public with that. But, you know. I was going to say, yeah. It wasn't mean. It was just kind of like. I'm disappointed. It was like a father talking to their son. I'm disappointed in you. That's, yeah. It really was. And, you know, just like, hey, we're here to win. We got to be professional. Talk about, about that. Yeah. Talk about that in the locker room, too. Don't, don't air Pull your them aside. Have a conversation laundry. on your yeah. own. You know, yeah. if you want to bring it up after the fact, like once he gets in shape, going, yeah, you know, we had a conversation, you know, Not about it early in the season. But, you know, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't a mean thing. So I, I don't think, you know, Edwards or anybody can really get mad sure, about him sure. from the standpoint it, it'll, of like, it'll just get it'll just yeah. get framed that. But you know, it's still he went public with it rather than talking about it privately. Mm-hmm. So, Correct. yeah. <laughs> what do you make of the Nuggets so far? They, I I want to say that I'm disappointed, but at the same time, I know that Jamal Murray is working back from an injury. And, same with Michael Porter Jr. and Jokic. But here's the thing. I I know how Michael Malone feels about this. He like you've heard him talk about this time and time again. But I feel like they almost play to their competition level. And uh, you know, they go into Golden State, they get that win. They get embarrassed by the Jazz and the Jazz's opener. 
um, a close one with the Thunder, and then they get embarrassed by the Blazers. That, uh, that stat line from Jokic in that Blazers game. Well, remember, nine, he was nine, in foul nine, trouble nine. the whole time. Right, but 9-9-9 nine, yeah, nine, and nine in foul trouble. Yep. Yep. And remember, he's going against Yerk, uh, Nurkic, who mm-hmm. is old teammate, and they used to, you know, be a one-two punch. By the way, how about that? <laughs> one-two punch on that team. But, yeah, no, I think they're going to be all right as well. I mean, especially watching the way that Michael Porter's moving. Uh, you know, physically, he looks like he's fine. Uh, that jumper is still unblockable. It's it's crazy when you watch him let that thing fly. Right. That team's uh, still having Jamal, some trouble shooting. I mean... No, Jamal Jamal's going to take more time, it appears. Yes. Uh, which is which is okay as long as he's got it going in a couple months, you know? They're shooting 43% in 31 from three-point range. It's just Bruce about Bruce Brown shooting. and KCP have been great pickups. I mean, like, I, I got no problem with with what they can throw out on the floor. It's oh, I've the, got one problem. DeAndre Jordan's playing 10 minutes a game. Is that too little for you? Oh, um, it's 10 too many. <laughs> Do you have something against DeAndre Jordan? The curse of DeAndre Jordan. I think he's a great teammate. He's one of the top guys in field goal percentage right now. <laughs> he is. I don't he's care. Really fine. I no, don't I care. No, I mean, they're, they're playing Uncle Jeff. Uncle Jeff's playing a lot. You know, Christian Brown's getting a lot of minutes. Um, I again, I, I like their talent and like where what they can put out on the floor. It's for me having that same level of focus. That's all it is. Yeah, Every I mean, time. I like what Bruce Brown's if giving they, them. If so they want to be in that top four in the West, the way things are this year, then it's just got to be the focus level. That's all. That's I, I all. think that Brown and KCP were great additions. By the way, KCP is shooting the lights out right now. You know that mm-hmm. dude shooting almost 48% from three-point range? Remember when he started out the season, what was it, with with L.A., and he was shooting like 70%? It's crazy. Do you remember that a couple of years yes, ago? Yes, I do. I remember that start like yesterday. I don't know why. He was he was on fire. I just remember yeah. that. He's he's a sneaky good guy. I mean, he mm-hmm. he's not somebody that could defend bigger threes, but he can defend anybody in the backcourt. You know, he plays hard and he's he can hit shots. I mean, he hits sure threes. Sure can. I mean, hey, don't make me bring up that, <laughs> that tweet that Brian Widowers put out going, you know, right now that if the Lakers had KCP, Kyle Kuzma, and Anthony Caruso or, or Alex Caruso, that that's still less money than what they're paying Russ. It's like, whoa, yeah. it is. It's so sad, man. Yeah. It, 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 it reeks of incompetence. Ugh. So. You got your ring. You got your ring. Uh, they did get a ring. I will say that. But, like, the follow-up to that, um, no bueno. You know, we didn't mention, you know, Boston either. Boston's playing a damn good brand of basketball right now as well. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown looking great. And I know they're coming off of their you know, first loss, but and you want to talk about early MVP look, guys talk about Tatum. Phew. He he's even, he's even trying to add a floater to his game this year. Uh, but they, they, they're getting a lot of, of production off the bench from Malcolm Brogdon and Derek white right now too. Like they, they have a, they have a team team um, led by obviously a superstar and an MVP candidate in Jason Tatum. But what I'm just saying is that they have a team team. Oh, absolutely! I, I, I love I love their their collective efforts. Um, well, the thing is, too, 
they're three and one. They've looked good, except for on defense. Their defense could still be a lot better. And I mean, some of that is, you know, missing Robert Williams. Um, so it's just, it's very early on in the season as well. They got to bear down, you know, last year. Remember, mm-hmm. we know the first half of the season they were struggling and then they turned it on. But I mean, because right now they're, what, 27th rating wise when Something it comes like- to defense. They're giving up. You know, 115 points a game. Everybody's giving up 115 points a game. So, but I mean, their de- defensive rating is really low right now. But I'm not worried about Boston when it comes to that end of the court because when the time comes, they'll play a lot better. And once they get healthy, I, I, here's one story that uh, is cool about Boston. How about a New Hampshire native and someone who was out of the league last year, Noah Vonley, getting 15 minutes a night for them? Well, they need That's it right cool. now. Yeah, yeah. You mean you have Robert Williams that's hurt. It's, you know, so you're going to have that. I and mean, They're playing Blake Griffin here and there. Um, but here and there would be a nice way to put it. I was going to say here and there. Yeah, he's played three games here and there. He's uh, played yeah. He's played almost eight minutes per game as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, here and there. Just go to Grant Williams. That's all they could do. But seriously, uh, Tatum and Brown together just look look like themselves. They look exactly what they what they do you know like i it, it's still hilarious to me that people were talking about splitting that up last year it's still hilarious to me i i bet you if you go back into the archives of our podcast when it was mid-december that i would have said what the hell are you talking about every time i didn't but, endorse it but i openly wondered about it you did and i, I will think, say that i think i'm pretty sure i uh vehemently Denied that. <laughs> if I remember uh, right, I believe you are correct. Yeah. But Tatum, you, you talk about MVP candidacy. I mean, 32 and a half points a night, 8.3 rebounds, but it's whew, 55.6% from the field and taking eight threes in a game and shooting a 37% clip. That's a damn good numbers. 68.7 true shooting percentage. Right out of the gate. Right out of the gate looking good. Do you want to talk about the Cavs? Let's talk about the Cavs because, I mean, they've they've looked good so far. I think they have. Hey, Donovan Mitchell being there, just he just adds such a dynamic element to that team and what they need. You want to talk about a finisher, go-to scorer. Um, I mean, what is he averaging right now? Is it 30 He scored. So he scored 30. 33 games. At least his first three games. Yeah. Um, which is already a, a Cavs record <laughs> um, in like debuting. So that's a huge deal. <laughs> but no, they they have definitely gotten everything and that they've wanted <laughs> uh, just as far as, as a leader, um, a vet. And again, just a playmaker, a great playmaker. Uh, and remember, I mean, Darius Garland's been out since the second quarter of the, the homo or of the season opener. And that was the point so, I was going to bring up because they've had to do this so far without Garland. Yep. Yep. And Donovan, again, he's, he's setting the table. He's finding guys, um, drawing a ton of attention, getting to the line though. Here's the thing I, I didn't realize about Donovan Mitchell until seeing him in person and, and watching him put the ball on the floor. That dude's got some upper body strength. 
I did not know that he was that, you know, bulky, uh, you know, his shoulders and his his throwdown. Even even defensively, Brian, he's looked like he's locked in. I was going to bring that part up because that is the side of the court that's impressed me because you can tell he cares. And that's some of the things we wondered about with, with the Jazz is that is he actually putting forth an effort on that end of the court? He's putting forth an effort did defensively you, right now. Did you see uh, my tweet from Sunday by chance? I mean, I asked him about you know a certain possession. Like, Not that this is the greatest example because Christoph Porzingis doesn't move bodies <laughs> um, in the post, but he fronted KP and caused a turnover. Um, on help defense, he's doing a good job. He's he's getting deflections, uh, and it's you know really kind of uplifting the rest of the squad. I mean, they're getting a lot of you know opportunities in the open floor, but even in the half court, they're looking good, and that's that's huge. That's huge. Well, Sebi Osman has looked great so far. Oh, Jed, Jed, man, Jetty, he is okay. It is so hard to explain Jetty. By the way, to, I, I apologize. I do that all the time. I know it's Jetty. I call him Seti. I don't know why. I, you know, Jetty. it's just natural. This is what we do as Americans. You see, Jetty, Jetty. I'll get it through no. my head one of these times. Yeah, his brand is actually the first Jetty, so you'll you'll like that. Very Star Star Wars oriented. But so it's so hard to explain Jetty Osmond to the casual basketball fan. Because they can look at him one game and say, uh, this dude does not belong. In the next game, it's like, how is this guy not getting paid? How is he not playing all these minutes? He is such a rhythm player. He drops off when he doesn't have someone that sets the table for him. Okay? When, when Rubio went down last season, that was his downfall. When DG got hurt and wasn't himself, that was his downfall, right? Jetty is a solid catch shooter. He is a solid transition player. The less he puts the ball on the floor in like isolation situations, the better. Like he is somebody who is good at cutting. He is great playing with pace. He can finish on fast breaks and he can knock down the trays. Now, do you want him playing 28 minutes a night? If this continues, yes. But Holy hell, he is just, and, and he's notorious for fast starts, I will say that. But when he has somebody that can help him and set him up, and Donovan Mitchell's not the only one, man. Karis LeVert, you can look at his field goal percentage and see that he is not shooting well at all, especially in the mid-range. He's actually not doing, he's, he's shooting 50% from deep, Brian. Right, but he's his, 30% overall. But which is a very weird dynamic, isn't it? 50% from deep on almost five attempts a game, but literally missing like pretty much every other shot. But digging in on the defensive end, guarding the team's best player is what JB Bickerstaff is asking him to do right now. And he was telling us yesterday that he hasn't had to play multiple roles in like three, four years. He said, I think his third year in Brooklyn, he said the last time he had to play so many different... It, uh, J.B. Bickerstaff calls it multiple personalities. They're asking him to have multiple personalities on the floor. And Levert's guarding the best perimeter player. He is playing the, basically the the, the faux point guard when Donovan Mitchell needs a break. Um, 
He is asked to score off the dribble. He is asked to cut. Like, he's asked all these things, and he's doing a damn good job. I know that the the typical fan is going to look at this box score and say, oh, man, he's having a st- tough start to the year. But when you look deeper into it, he's doing a hell of a job. And he's only turning it over. He's turning it over less than two times a game. Which, if you watch Karis LeVert, you know he doesn't have the greatest of handles and the best with ball security. But he's doing a very good job this year. And he looks he looks comfortable and he looks like he can play the part. And that's huge. That's huge for them because they need someone who can can set up guys. That's pretty much, you know, what the story of the cast season has been so far. And I'd be remiss not to mention Jarrett Allen on the defensive end. Uh, you know, Evan Mobley was the talk of the town coming into this season. But, you know, and this is not to pit them against you. They are just amazing in conjunction with each other and, and just as a duo of Allen and Mobley. But Jarrett Allen specifically. Brian, I'm not kidding you. I, on, on Sunday, I watched him chase around Bradley Beal. I watched him close out on Christoph Porzingis on the perimeter. I watched him stuff Christoph Porzingis twice at the rim. And I watched him guard Kyle Kuzma, one possession, for 20 seconds. Kuzma couldn't go anywhere. He ended up making the shot. It was a really impressive shot, actually. But it was at the buzzer. It was, it was, a, it was a terrible you know, uh, possession offensively for, for Washington that got bailed out because Kuz is a great shot maker. But Jarrett just being able <laughs> to, to chase around someone like a Bradley Beal, to also match up with someone like a KP, and to be able to guard one-on-one Cal Kuzma is just an example. And he did that all in one freaking quarter. It's just an example of why he is a defensive player of the year candidate. And Bickerstaff even told me that on Sunday. He's like, he's a defensive player of the year candidate every year, and it's time we acknowledge it. That was word for word what JB told me. And, you know, after watching that in person again, you know, I've watched it the last two years, I tend to agree with him. And the Cavs have the fourth best defensive rating in the league right now. And the thing that I would look at, too, when it comes to the Cavs that stands out to me is just the room for improvement because, like we said before, they don't have Darius Garland right now. And when it comes to Evan Mobley, I think he's played well, but I haven't seen a big jump, and I think there's plenty of room for him to get better this season. They want him to be more aggressive. He's got to uh, be. They, he yeah. seems a little bit too passive on both ends of the court. Mm-hmm. He's only getting five rebounds a game. Those numbers should be all way up. Offensively, you know, it's still a little clunky, but I think, you know, there, there's plenty of room for growth. I mean, he's still only in his second year, but I want to see a little bit more, you know, him taking it to everybody. Uh, and I can't imagine that's easy, too. I mean, you have... He's Donovan trying to with fit the ball in. in his hands. You have yeah. Karras with the ball in his hands. You know, like, that's tough. He's but, not an alpha guy, and he wants to make sure he fits in. Right. And, I mean, Jarrett and him both have soft hands. You're looking, a lot of actions are initiated on these dribble handoffs, um, especially with Evan Mobley there out on, you know, the elbows. Um, but he's also going to be working on his, his, you know, he's been working tirelessly on his face-up game. He's not a back-to-basket guy. He is a... Look at the rim, put it on the floor, and you know go to work. Uh, he's going to be okay. Uh, everyone, the, the, the concern everyone has right now is over Isaac Okoro. He's just you know really off to a tough start offensively. He's not making the jumper, even though he tweaked it all season long. There's a great feature by uh, Chris Fedor on Cleveland.com on them 
really focusing on changing his release. Uh, it's it's not worked so far. He's you know kind of he he's kind of in the doghouse already. Uh, you know, Jetty's coming in for Okoro uh, a lot of the times, even though Okoro started the last two games. But at the same time, like this is another player you have to be patient with. He is so explosive. He is at his best when he's moving and cutting from the corners, and when he's he's cutting off ball. That is when Isaac Okoro is the best, and and when he he's in transition. So everybody just kind of pump the brakes on that. You know, it's very early in the season. He had flashes in the preseason. He's only 22 years old. Um, I, 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 I'm impartial. I like Isaac just because of, of the tenacity he plays with. But, um, you know, every, everyone else just seems to be making shots. So he's just easy to pick on for a lot of the fans. I just like the way that the season started. Like we, like we mentioned before, there, there's so much parity right now. But there's there so much talent. Because, like, on any given night, you can see teams competing that – Maybe it's sitting there go, okay, they got home court advantage, or maybe they're missing this guy or whatever, but there's a lot of very competitive games, a lot of skill right now. There's a lot of scoring, especially. How, and, about, how about the attitude from the Knicks, too, by the way? They're, they're playing with some attitude this year. They, you know, I, I, I just wanted to mention that real quick, too, because a lot of people were down on them, including myself. Me, too. Uh, but but they're, they're playing bullish at the moment. Well, having Brunson, having a real point guard yeah. there has made a difference, not only in him distributing to everybody else, but it's also put Julius Randle back in the role that he's comfortable with. So he he's was, not being a point forward because right, he's he, not a point forward. <laughs> he was not comfortable at all yeah. last year and complained yeah. about it. And now we're starting to see two years ago, Julius Randle, where he was an all-star. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like I, I just, you know, you're talking about how many teams are playing well uh, and and offensively, and they're one of the best offensive teams in the league right now. That's what that's why yeah, they, you know they ranked third. Yeah, it just kind of you know jogged my mind a little there. But continue. A, well, actually, they ranked fifth. But I mean, it's crazy because you would not think like a team like the Knicks would be that high. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're putting up 119 points a game right now. Their offensive rating, their offensive rating is 18th. But I mean, they're putting up a lot of points. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I thought they'd be a lot lower than that. But, sure. I mean, I, I get it that there's both ends of the court in the game. But to see this kind of offensive explosion to begin the season, I think is a lot of fun. Uh, and just see teams lining it up and going back and forth. It is. I mean, the Warriors are 2-2, two and two, and they're putting up a ton of points right now. And they need to start playing some damn defense out of the game. They're not that's playing all the, that's, any that's defense. Their, that's their only problem. No, they are playing defense in the second halves. It's just the first halves, they're giving up 70 a game. Like, you can't do that. You can't do that, guys, no matter how good you are offensively. You're well, how bad is it when Clay Thompson gets mad at Devin Booker to the point where he gets kicked out of a game for the first time in his career? First time in his career? How crazy is that? And, and then I he's mean, going off the court, and he's still jawing at the bench, and yeah. he's talking about four rings and stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, like, what they must have said something. They, may, they must have said something to get under his skin. You, I mean, you talk about that game last night. Devin Booker, again, uh, looking great. Jock Landale, what a find. Uh, somebody that was, you know, in San Antonio last season, kind of in and out of the rotation, and, and has been a huge huge piece to the Suns bench um you know Chris Paul progressively looking more like more like himself I know he has had a start uh to the season hasn't been great but he shot the ball well 
Um, DeAndre Ayton, his usage rate going way up. He's he's making quick decisions, hook shots, uh, mid-rangers. He's even shooting the three a little bit. Um, I will it, point something fun. out. I think my pick for uh, most improved player this year in Cam Johnson, that will be wrong. Cam <laughs> is good, but he's not going to be the most improved player. Who's who's on track right now? Is it Markinen? Oh yeah, big time. Is that is that who's on track? Like I, mean, I would just, think so just, right just now. Thinking. Yeah, yeah. Just thinking off the top of my head. And, and by the way, for everybody who wants to talk about like, oh, when, when are the Jazz going to start trading players off, or how long is this going to last, or you know who could they move? I don't think Markinen's one of the guys they're going to move. I think they want to keep him. Isn't he only still like twenty six years old or something He's stupid incredible. like that? Something like that. He's twenty five. Yep. He just turned twenty five. It's just that there was expectations for him in Chicago that he didn't meet, and there was an expectation in Cleveland he didn't meet, and then like, oh, he met him in he met him in Cleveland. They they needed him to get done, and that's they that's, did, that's why I was laughing at that that notion that it was a quote unquote steal for Donovan. I'm like, I mean, Collins really solid. Markinen's just coming off of his best defensive season as a pro. But I, I mean, mean Markinen's got more of a green light. Be, I mean, Markinen's got more of a green light now because of just the way the Jazz roster is. His create, he's creating his own shots. Yes, it's not. It's like he's not just getting stuffed on the post and catch and and trying to make a move with his back to the basket. So he's, I mean, he's sooner or later creating his own shots. That team will move some guys. They will move Jordan Clarkson. You know, they will uh, move Malib. Be- Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley, I could see. I, I don't think they'd move Conley. Clarkson I think they wants, want some adults in the room. Clarkson wants out. He won't say it, but he he's ready to go. He's having a hell of a time right now. He is, but <laughs> he wants to be on a contender. Mike That's Conley, I think it's fine. Like you, they could go either way with him, but I don't know what other team would want Conley because of the shooting. Um, he is a leader. He does pass the ball well, but... You're not going to get much shooting out of him. I don't think they're you definitely shooting. need to keep at least two to three adults in the room. That's right. that's all I'll say. Did you see like like for example? And and I am infatuated with this team. I really like the talent that's on the Rockets. But they, I saw a great tweet the other day. Was it you know when you're in a rebuild, you're drafting a bunch of guys back to back to back that think they're the man, right? That. That is a very risky business. The only players on the Rockets roster with over three years' experience. Can you name them? Well, Eric Gordon's one. Mm-hmm. Boban. Boban. Those are their two. Those uh, are their two vets. That's the only two. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. Uh, and they might trade Eric Gordon before the end of the year. Five rookies, five second-year players, two third-year players, and three fourth-year players. It's mm. insane. I, I I know John Lucas is amazing at what he does, and he's an amazing human being that helps out. Uh, you know their 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 personal lives pass, and and that's exactly what happened with Kevin Porter Jr. And so grateful to see that and stuff like that. But as far as on the court and in a locker room, you're gonna need more veteran leadership than that. Absolutely, and that's I. It, it just makes for a healthier environment. Like, well, it it does. Did you see Jabari and Jalen Green get a little feisty? Uh, 
feisty with each other a couple nights ago? It's going to happen, man. I mean, like you said, they're just young guys finding the way, their way. And like, it's not it's not a game of two K. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, it, sure, even even Oklahoma City. I know that they haven't had a ton of veterans on their teams or whatever like that, but you know they've they've had Muscala stick around for for a while now uh you know they've had Kenrims the last you know 2 3 years but i know i know he's not super experienced but he's had you know some time around the league uh you know Derek Favors was there last season you know like you you got to keep somebody in house George Hill was there for a minute uh you had Al Horford and maybe he wasn't in the building but you get what i'm saying like right you you have to have more than two guys, especially one with Eric Gordon, who I'm guessing if I'm Eric Gordon, uh, you know, it's tough to stay focused. I, I I would assume you'd probably be try, you know, mentally checked out at that point being on the team for so long. Well, I think Eric is a professional, but at the same time, I, yeah, I think exactly. that he a would not mind a change of a change of scenery. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, but, and, but, you and, know, that, if you trade him, though. Uh, what are you going to get? Picks or a young guy? I mean, you need a veteran. You need a couple veterans there. Yeah, you do. You do. That was just that was just a, a point I wanted to bring yeah, up because, because you want you want to make sure that you're building chemistry for the years to come. These yeah. guys are going to be the cornerstones of your team, and you want to make sure everybody's on the same page. There's always going to be little flare ups here and there, and that that's totally sure. understandable. But you want to make sure everybody's getting along. There's a lot of chemistry, and you build to what the goal is, you know, and they've got a lot of young talent. It's just putting the pieces together and building around them. It's the same thing in Orlando. They've got a lot of young talent for Orlando. It's getting healthy and getting experience and learning how to close games. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've enjoyed watching Orlando a lot. Uh, you know, we were talking about it before the, the podcast, but they've got just so much, so much young talent to, kind of piece together and they're going to learn these game reps. They're going to learn these situations. And, uh, you know, they're coming into town. Like I said, tonight, I get to see Paulo come into town. I'm really excited to see Franz Wagner do the point, the point forward thing. Wendell Carter Jr. has been great. Bowl, bowl off to an uh, outstanding start to the season. I, I, I don't know why no one talks about Cole Anthony either. Cause Cole Anthony has been one of the more consistent young guards in the league. Um, the last, you know, two seasons and, and now well, they don't talk about third. it more because the magic went out and drafted Jalen Suggs. Yeah, I know. But that's that would make for a fascinating story, I think. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Do you want to tie a bow on this, though? Uh, yeah. Talk about Lake Show and then we'll get out of here. I don't even know if I really want to talk about it. You want to talk about it? Here, here's my opinion. You know, yes. you always ask me, you're like, oh, why don't you watch the Lakers and you tell me what you think? Well, we'll just I talk think, about them. Yeah. I think. There is a give a damn factor there. I think yeah. they care. I think that their defense isn't bad. I think that they try and they are scrappy and they have two really, really good superstar players. Their roster construction just ain't it. It's that's not it. there because, I mean, that's it. That's they, they literally just, it. it. It's literally as, I mean, we talked about they play last their ass year. off at Golden State. They play their ass off against the Clippers, and they play their ass off against the Blazers. I mean, the problem, as we have known going into the season, well, we thought there was going to be two problems, because last year there were. Defense of the wings and shooting. Their defense so far has been good, because guys are playing hard. They're playing for, for Darvin Ham. They cannot shoot. And you could tell 
confidence-wise, and they're putting up a lot of threes, but I think the confidence isn't there and the consistency obviously is not there. They just cannot shoot, you know, and the guy that's going to be taking a lot of the blame for this is Russell Westbrook. He's still in the starting lineup. He's not going to play, you know, tonight on a Wednesday night because his hamstring is tight, you know, or he's probably not going to play. They're saying he's doubtful. And I know some people have wondered like, oh, is he complaining or fake? Russ, to me, does not, he's not going to half-ass anything. And if he can go, he's going to go. But he made bad decisions down the stretch against Portland. You know, Russ making that, taking an 18-footer with 18 seconds to go. And the Portland bench is jumping up and down, cheering while LeBron and AD both have their hands out for him. Like, what are you doing? Um, you know, and just the way he's being defended right now, that they're going to have to change his role, you know, on that team because, I mean, if they could shoot even a little bit better from three-point range, they're shooting 21% right now, 21%. That's the worst shooting team and from that point, from three-point range, like the last 20 years. So even if they could get to like 32, 33%, they'd probably be two and one. They'd be a lot more respectable, but their offense is a mess. Because there is no spacing. There is no shooting. They can't hit a three-point shot, and teams are daring them to take them. I'm glad they at least play Matt Ryan. They played him one game. They need to play him more. Well, if they make a trade, when they make a trade. (laughs) Matt Ryan is the only guy on the team that has a 40% three-point percentage. Correct. Who's the next best? Who's the next best? Probably LeBron, if I had to guess. It's Austin Reeves at 28.6. Reeves is not taking enough shots. He's only taking three shots per game. He's got to be more aggressive. And I got a feeling that he might be next up when it comes to a starter. I do appreciate Lonnie Walker trying his ass off too, though. But he's he's not a spot-up guy, and he's not a three-point shooter. Right. Kendrick Nunn has been disappointing so far, uh, to say the least. Um. Patrick Beverly, not exactly Find tearing it up. Find ways to play to your strengths. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into this too much right now, but, man, <laughs> hey, everybody keeps talking about they're going to make a trade, they're going to make a trade, who they're going to make a trade with, blah, 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 blah. I, I really wonder if they're going to stay by this, we're not going to make a move until, you know, we played 20 or 25 games, that at that point they could be so far behind the eight ball that they just say, we're riding it out. We're not going to make the move because we don't want to trade either of those first round picks. We'll wait till the off season. Yeah. It could be okay. getting to that point, man. Yeah. Hey, no, just look could. at their schedule to start off the season. They've got they've got the Nuggets and the T Wolves on the road. They come home for the Nuggets, home for the Pelicans, home for the Jazz, home for the Cavs. My my favorite part about all this is that Brian just texts through this to me. He just texts. Well, I, especially on opening night. I did. It's just so funny. Like he was like, <laughs> I was just trying to entertain in, you quarter <laughs> in. And he's like, all right. Yeah, I've seen enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. It, it does. Well, the it thing was too, in the Portland game, they actually ran like real offensive sets. And I was like, Whoa, what's going on here? I was like, Whoa, <laughs> so we, they made a couple of threes in the second half. This is incredible. You know, like stuff like that. And then so it's like, then you can just see it, you know, five minutes left of the game. They're up by eight and they bring Russ back in to close the game. I'm like, uh, that's not good coaching. Yeah. I'm like, you, you just got this lead with a certain lineup and you're going away from that. Mm, that's not good. 
Not good. Not good. I, you could say all you want about we got to give him the proper respect. No, you're you're there to try to get wins. And Russ can't be on that closing lineup. And then you can make an argument that he shouldn't be in the lineup at all because he just does not fit on this team. His confidence isn't there. He doesn't finish at the rim anymore. People can talk all they want about his shooting. He's never been a good shooter. Never. What differentiated him was his athleticism and the way he could finish at the rim. He can't finish at the rim. And I don't know if it's a hamstring issue or whatever's going on right now. He can't get by some guys. But, I mean, even last year he wasn't great at finishing at the rim. To me, that's the biggest part of his game that has diminished. Keep it a 94 faithful. You heard it straight. Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz, talked about our Cavs and Lakers. Talked about damn near almost every team in the league. And I'm sure that we're going to get Sorry, Hawks. more and stuff too. <laughs> Sorry, Hawks. Hey, Trey and DeJounte, John Collins, looking solid. Looking solid, guys. All right. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Spin Davies. He is on Twitter at Brian Fritz. I am on Instagram at Spin Davies. He is on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review this podcast. Leave a comment. Interact with us on our social channels, please. And make sure to do the same with our other podcasts, which are The Dunker Spot with Nikias Duncan and Steve Jones Jr., The Alex Kennedy Podcast with Alex Kennedy, The Rematch with Aton Thomas, Dishes and Dines with the Ladies, The Rex Chapman Show with Josh Hopkins, and, of course, Clips and Drew with Clips and Drew. Again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. And go to basketballnews.com. We've got features, people. They're back because basketball's back. I'll be talking with someone from the Magic. Hint, hint. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout over the next few days for that. Check out my interview with Monte Morris. It's very good. And, uh, yeah, we'll get back with you again next week for another edition of Keep It at 94. Until then, enjoy the basketball, people, and we'll talk to you later.